Welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the premier podcast for the website, cpluscomedy.com, like I just said. It's a website. Go there. Turn up the microphone. Oh, press and play on the stopwatch. Here we are. Another week. Another news time. Nope. Constitutionals. <laughs> That's how I should start out this show, just mixing up the shows. Boy, oh boy, if you're watching the video, you can see that the Green Lantern shirt I'm wearing is very bright. I did white balance the camera ahead of time, but it doesn't look like it took. It's very strange. These these have an old Canon T3, Rebel T3. It's not fancy. It's not special. It's Like I said, it's old. I think it's about 10 at this point, 10 or some chance, 10 or some chance, and uh, it's not good. <laughs> But for what it lacks in video quality, it makes up for being a camera. <laughs> and there's the GoPro Hero 3 chugging along. Anyway, the colors don't look too good. I'm always constantly watching. If you, My YouTube history is just tech reviews, two things, tech reviews uh, and video game stuff. Oh, and now it's also uh, cooking videos. <laughs> That's it. And mostly Bon Appetit. And uh, that's it. <laughs> that's pretty much it. And that's that's and that's all I watch. So every time I see a new camera, I'm just I'm just always perplexed. And I go, man, these cameras are great. And then you see the price, like the Blackmagic Cinema Pocket 4K camera. That's a camera I want. And it is, I think, fourteen hundred dollars or twelve hundred dollars, something like that. And then you got to buy a lens for it because it doesn't come with a lens because it's not a DSLR. It's a cinema camera. And then you got to buy. And then the 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 video screen in the back doesn't articulate, so you gotta buy a monitor uh, if you want to. You know, if you're if you're if you're any if you're not if you're serious about it, then you gotta buy a cage uh, to put lights and to put a light to put a light or to put a microphone on top of or to put the monitor on top of. And then you gotta then you gotta you know it doesn't have in body stabilization; it just has digital stabilization. So it's all this stuff. Then you gotta buy a speed booster so it can work with so so that can so the lenses can work fit on it so you can put decent lenses on it. <laughs> this is a clean show when I'm just doing a dirty move. Uh, I'm sure that's sign language or something. Hey, let's get started. This past weekend was Labor Day weekend. Uh, I was alone, and there was a release of a video game called Blair Witch over there on Xbox and play uh, not PlayStation on the PC. The personal computer is what they call that PC, and I so I have Game Pass. I got the I got like the dollar promotion for Game Pass for my, Game Pass Ultimate. Game Pass is uh, you subscribe to to Xbox's uh, Game Pass thing, and that gives you um, uh, over a hundred games uh, that are from either the original Xbox or the 360 or the Xbox One library, and you can play them as long as you have Game Pass. And that's where Xbox is going to be putting. Microsoft is going to be releasing the Xbox originals from from henceforth onto Game Pass. So anyway, Blair Witch is an Xbox original, I guess. I don't know. And uh, and and you know Xbox originals, you know, or or you know, or third party games like Metal Gear Solid Five, or I just downloaded Dead Cells. Uh, so indie games, AAA games, all these type of things. So anyway, Blair Witch is a video game based on the movie, based on the film. That came out in the late 90s. And then there was a sequel, uh, I think about two or three years ago, that did not do so hot. Uh, but this video game is, is a, I guess, is, I guess it's third in line for the series because it still references the first two movies. 
And it came out this past weekend. Uh, I, truth be told, I did not think it was a good uh, video game. But I linked to uh, the Rad Brad. He's the only person I watch. I don't even watch him regularly. I don't even like. I haven't. I don't watch him. I haven't watched him all year. Basically, essentially, I haven't watched him for like two years. But he's the only person I still subscribe to that plays video games uh, for a living online or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what that's called. But the Blair Witch game, it's fine. It's uh, it's it's a game that. It's it's it, it it does innovate on the horror genre, the simulation horror genre, where you're walking around and you're trying to figure out uh, the story. The story is being introduced to you in bits and pieces, and then there's also monsters that are attacking, and you gotta you know fight against them. But this is the only horror game where you can fight against them essentially. So yeah, you got a video camera that can manipulate time, and then you got a dog. I'm sighing because this is not, it's, it's, uh, I mean, you know, so this game came out on Friday, I believe, or Saturday, no, Friday, Friday, because that's when, uh, I, that's when it was announced, like it came out, just came out, and I downloaded it Saturday, and I said, you know, I got a long weekend, I want to be alone, I might as well play it, so I, 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 so Saturday night, I sat down, and I, you know, I, I did the thing, like, I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of horror games, I hate horror games, I love a horror movie, horror games, I, there's only two ways to kill me <laughs> playing a horror video game or uh, I can't swim. So throwing me into the deep end of a pool. <laughs> so, <laughs> I should not tell my enemies that you're all my enemies. And this game Blair Witch is uh, it's scary. It's very atmospheric, but it's not good uh, when it So I'm playing it on Saturday night and it was very buggy. It was every time I moved, it, it felt like, the game was supposed to move at maybe 30 frames or 60 frames per second, but it wasn't moving that fast. It wasn't moving that smoothly, I should say. It was moving kind of choppy, choppily to me, uh, especially the opening part. And then I finally get to some scary, like a scary part, you know, about an hour or hour later. Yeah, I'd say about an hour later. And um, it's, it just, it was working, but it wasn't. Uh, I'm sorry, I just saw a gnat walking across a bunch of papers I have stacked in this corner over here. It was a giant gnat. Anyway. Yeah, so. Blair Witch, scary game. People, And then the reviews, people, like, I don't, and I, I do not follow reviews. I do not follow reviews. But I just, I had to, I like Monday, I, Monday and Tuesday, I just had to, I had to see what the reviews were saying about this game. Because it, it's not, to me, not good. I'm not. I'm not interested. But they're saying it's innovating. One thing I am interested in, though, Monday was a premiere of Steven Universe the movie on Cartoon Network. Uh, Steven Universe is about a little fat boy who's a half alien, half human, half crystal gem, and he fights with these uh, three other crystal gems. Oh, I think I think it's actually six now. Uh, a bunch of other crystal gems that are all. They're all women. They're all from this space a planet called Jimatoya or some I don't know and then they're all lesbians which is true that's that first true that first true they're all lesbians and uh, the fan base will smack you in the face with that fact every single time you see this anyway wonderful film stars uh, a bunch of famous people not a bunch of famous people just a, a very good voice cast uh, the regular it's a it's a time jump forward it was really fun to see Steven Universe go into the future, uh, and and now so the show was on six seasons, and now the show is going to continue on after the movie. Steven's now sixteen years old, 
and he's learned how to control his powers and and all these uh he has all these friends and now the some of the gems are living on earth and it's uh it's amazing um there's a it's a musical so there's a lot of oh warner brothers distributed it uh so there's a lot of um a lot of songs obviously that's what a musical is uh, but one thing i do want to note is that uh there's a lot of tv shows a little a lot of cartoons that came out that were movies no <laughs> a lot of cartoon to tv show movies there are a lot of tv shows <laughs> that a lot of tv shows that tanner sells in movies and they're just frank quite frankly not good uh or they or they feel like not good i'm, I'm gonna say not good but they feel like they're they're just really long episodes of the show and those that argument has been made about south park bigger and un, bigger longer bigger and uncut bigger longer and uncut and the simpsons movie and i have to d- disagree with both because it th- those feel especially watching this movie because this movie told a singular story there was no b story there was no b story which i think is what really helped uh and i mean uh, truth be told this movie could have been in theaters and i th- think it would have done decently because i did watch dragon ball super brawly the new brawly movie it's on stars i watched it and uh while it did while it is i i'm gonna say this gonna go out and say this (laughs) this means nothing to nobody dragon ball super the brawly movie or whatever it's called is Hands down, the best Dragon Ball Z movie, Dragon Ball movie to ever come out. It's a, it was, it was so good. The fighting was excellent, the voice acting was great. I know one of them is a is, is dealing with some sexual assault stuff right now, and I know that I know that the actually the the, the dub cast is dealing with a bunch of uh, slurs that they said in a recording in a private recording session. But listen, listen, no matter what happens to them, that movie was. Fantastic. The first 20 minutes, you saw the story, the new the new retcon canon of uh, Frieza and uh, and his dad, Lord Frieza. I don't know his dad's name. And, and how Frieza came to rule Planet Vegeta and then what happened to Planet Vegeta and then what happened to, uh, to oh, the U.S. Open semifinals. Oh, Serena's playing tonight. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I got I to hurry this crap up. Uh, and, and all that stuff. So the first 20 minutes is that origin story of... Uh, Planet Vegeta exploding, and then the last hour is is Goku and Vegeta fighting Brawly. It's really cool. It's really great. Uh, and at the end of the movie, Brawly's their friend, but he's also their enemy. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And then so that that really kind of ties back to Steven Universe, the movie. Both in both Dragon Ball and in Steven Universe, one thing, and it, and I guess this is this kind of this kind of points to the age of the people who created Steven Universe and shows like Steven Universe and OKKO and everything that's essentially on Cartoon Network right now and Nickelodeon and Disney right now is that they grew up with shows like Dragon Ball and other cartoons that that the that just that that really shaped who they were as people, who they are as people. And uh, Steven Universe and Dragon Ball, they they become friends with their enemies, which is amazing. You don't have to kill somebody to 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 defeat them. You can be be, be their be, be their friend, befriend, befriend. Dragon Ball Brawly, Dragon Ball Super Brawly was 
Uh, fantastic movie. So what is the name of that movie? <laughs> Dragon Ball Super Brawly movie. It was so good, I thought about watching it. It's called Dragon Ball Super Brawly. Uh, people loved it. it. Made money. There's going to be more Dragon Ball Super, obviously. Uh, but the one thing I do want to say about that movie is that it felt... This is obviously in the next arc of the Dragon Ball Super you know, TV show. It's going to, they're going to pad that out. The Brawly thing to be part of, you know, the next 14, 15, 20 episodes. Anyway, Steven Universe, the movie did not, it did not have a, it was just an A story and it was Steven trying to fix his friends that were turned back into their original selves. And, and he's got to, and then he's also trying to fix himself. And that was it for 80 minutes and it did not feel everything was done in sequence it was and it felt like a sequence that was there's a movie that family guy did in 2006 i believe stewie griffin the untold story i, I the only reason i know this is because i looked at it today i looked at the uh, wikipedia page today and uh when that aired it came out on dvd it did not air on tv yet it came out on dvd and it was uh, about 80 minutes long. Fox aired it on as the last, as a season finale for, you know, whatever that year when it came out for Family Guy. And it was 60 minutes, an hour long with commercials. 66, I don't know, 60 minutes. And, uh, but they broke it up into three episodes. So whenever you watch Family Guy reruns on Adult Swim or, yeah, Adult Swim is where, where, you, is where you'll see it. Then you'll see, you know, this episode's called Stewie Be Good. This one's something about Stewie. This other one's about something about Stewie. And it's and they're all trying about Stewie trying to find out who his real father is. But it turns out to be Peter, I think. I don't remember. And that felt like an extended, long episode. Whereas Steven Universe, the movie, we have Steven coming back to Earth after you know spending some time with the diamonds and trying to help them rebuild home world uh we have garnet and amethyst and pearl we're all learning you know backstories about them and and why they're here on earth and why they continue to stay on earth uh everybody did their part one thing i do want to note is that chance the, they this pissed me off so much chance the rapper was said to be a part of the movie in, in, in the musical process. He co-produced one song and there's also like seven other people that co-produced that same song. Uh, don't don't advertise a Chance Rapper as a part of it if he's barely a part of it. Tr- like, truly, truly. You don't see, Kanye West did a song, uh, oh God, what is the song that I'm thinking of? What is the Kanye West song? All of the Lights. And... All the people in the background of that song, I think it was like Elton John, All of the Lights. I think it was like Elton John and Mariah Carey. Let me look at the, before I continue talking with my foot in the mouth. Okay, so it was John Legend, The Dream, Ellie Jackson, Alicia Keys, Fergie, Kid Cudi, Elton John, Drake, and Rihanna. And they did the, the additional vocals. And no one would know about that unless you looked at the liner notes. I'm just saying, just because you had Chance the Rapper doesn't mean you can just use stuff like that. Anyway, wonderful film. Steven Universe, the movie. I urge you to check it out. Very, very good. Very, very good. I can't wait. And the, I mean, the music is great, too. <laughs> I spent all of uh, Tuesday listening to the music. I actually watched it at work. Uh, don't worry, I wasn't doing anything at work. There was nothing, nothing was in my, in my list to do. 
And I was, and I was, so I was watching it and it was just great to sit there for 80 minutes and just, just in my browser window, arms crossed and sitting on my, my, uh, my yoga ball, just watching this movie at eight o'clock in the morning. I got there early so I could watch it because there's no one in there at eight o'clock. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> oh my God. Steve Universe, the movie, uh, one for the ages. And you know, the Simpsons movie is good too. Don't check it out. Listen, we're going to take a break. Uh, and then we'll come back to the last two stories. What? Welcome. Oh crap! Oh my god, that is embarrassing. <laughs> I tried to press go on the timer, and it didn't. <laughs> the phone went to sleep immediately. Speaking of phones, listen. Uh, I just saw a leak for the Google Pixel Four, and it looks. You know, every year Google uh, and Samsung and Apple. You know the rest of them. They they release these phones and they're all iterative iterative on the previous versions of the phones as well as you know the market leader which is iPhone, and the market follow up which is Samsung. And then Google's over here. Their Pixel Four gets rid of the front face. I have a Pixel Two XL. The Pixel Four is getting rid of the front facing speakers on the uh, and on there. It's gonna it's gonna get rid of the back fingerprint sensor, uh, and this is you know in favor of Face ID and. And under the glass fingerprint sensor at downward firing speakers. Google, you don't have to follow the trends, man. Just do your own thing. All right. Let's get on with this. Uh, this is part two. This next story comes from NPR, written by Lynn Early. This is heard on Morning Edition. For many authors, celebrity book clubs are a ticket to success. Uh, and this is talking about what is her name? What is her name? Looking for somebody. <laughs> Nicole Dennis Benz, and she has a book named Patsy. Now, there's a lot of people you might know that have their own book clubs. Oprah has a book club, and then that copycat Renee <laughs> Reese Witherspoon has one. <laughs> That copycat. If I had, if I got her name right the first time, it'd be so funny. Just this torture. You're torched. <laughs> and then Jenna Bush Hager also has one on the Today Show. Uh, she recently announced her August pick, which was Nicole Dennis Ben's novel Patsy, to excited cheers from her audience. Now, of course, obviously, you know that when Oprah would do her book club on her show. She would announce a book every month. Uh, and same thing, Renee Zuckle. No, sorry, Reese Witherspoon does the same thing. And when that happens, the book sales often jump up, you know, 1,000, 3,000%. It's kind of like Obama released his summer playlist last week. And I saw there's a headline that said uh, streaming and album sales for those songs jumped up hundreds of percent. <laughs> God, if Obama just tweeted about C plus comedy, can you imagine where that would where where I would be right now? Probably have a, a show on Netflix. He'd probably be producing it because he and Michelle are producers now. It's too soon to have the numbers for Patsy, but Dennis Ben is excited for her book's prospects. It's every writer's dream. I won't lie about that, she says. It's really a dream come true to have this happen to expose more individuals to the Patsies in our society. Am I saying that right? Yes, Patsy. Okay. Uh, let me get down to the numbers. Oh, here we go. One of the things we are really happy about is when we find a book where the sentiment of the community is 
I would never have found this on my own, says Sarah Harden. She's the CEO of Reese Witherspoon's production company, Hello Sunshine, and she says uh, Witherspoon's Hewley Influential Book Club grew out of the uh, art actress's genuine love of books. The book club launched officially in June 2017, and it now has 1.1 million followers on Instagram. Witherspoon, this is really interesting, has picked 26 books. And according to BookScan, those titles sold almost 700% better than the average. 21 of her picks were fiction, and they accounted for 2% of all fiction sales during that time period. Oh, my God. Ooh, <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. That's really interesting. It's And it's very, it's very, whenever you see, I, I, I remember I heard uh, a joke uh, several years ago about, uh, from a comedian that said, uh, I think it might have been on Difficult People on Hulu. And uh, someone, a character says, I'm a New York Times bestseller. And, he, and then another character said something along the lines of, you can just sneeze and, you could, and anybody could be a New York Times bestseller, something like that. Uh, so given, you know, you want you want to have the recognition of the words New York Times bestseller or uh, Oprah's book club pick because you want to get if people see that someone like someone that they like likes the book, then it's going to instantly become the greatest thing in the world. It's really cool to see. Uh, too bad it can only happen to so many books per year, you know, because so many books come out every single week, even still. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, okay, that's the end of the article. Yeah, truly. I don't know why I put this on here. That's because I want to talk about books. I have not read a book in a little while. I was in the middle of The Road, because I've never read that before, and it's on Showtime. The movie's on Showtime, so I've always I want to catch up and read it. I haven't done it. It's been a year. And I also am in the middle of Creative Creativity Inc., it's a book about Pixar, and it was pre-John Lasseter's uh, sexual rampage. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Shouldn't say that. Uh, this next thing comes from, the final thing, comes from The Hollywood Reporter, written by Stephen Galloway, How the Middle Fell Out of Hollywood. And this, this is talking about movie studios, talent agencies, PR firms, everything. Nothing, you, essentially. And I'm going to give you the thesis of this article up front. Either something is a trip, a tri- big AAA blockbuster, and it's expected to do well. It'll it more than likely it'll do well, or it's going to be an indie. The the middle is, is there's no room for the middle anymore in Hollywood. I well, I mean that's what Hollywood would like to tell you, or that's what the the nature of the business would like to tell you. Let's look at let's 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 discuss what the middle is. <laughs> As if this is the podcast philosophy now, where the host <laughs> brings up an idea by Kant and Aristotle and Socrates. And then he goes, let's discuss what this means. Let's discuss what the Hollywood middle is, everybody. Listen to philosophy now. It's an interesting podcast about philosophy. If you're interested in philosophy, go ahead. If you're not, you won't be now. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. The middle is... When it's like it's something that's not a blockbuster and it's something that's not an indie. It's it does it has it has the let's and I'll go back to recognition like the name recognition that a book has uh, when it's under Reese Witherspoon's book club. But it but it's not gonna ever it's not gonna be something that everyone's gonna see. Take uh, let's uh, what's a popular uh, uh, I don't want to say Disney so I want to stay off of Disney right now. Uh, 
Um, let's do. What is a popular movie that's out right now? What is a movie that's out right now? Period. <laughs> let's go to um, AdamTickets.com. Uh, I like Adam Tickets. It is owned by The Rock and his ex-wife, and or or I'm sorry, they they put some money into it. It. Let's say it. It Chapter Two. It Chapter Two is a big blockbuster. And it is a triple-A movie, and it's expected to probably make, you know, $500 million, $600 million, $700 million maybe. Uh, not break a billion like the Disney movies, but whatever. Uh, then we have a movie like Ready or Not. Oh, my God, that's crazy. That is a middle. That, is it? Because it's not an indie. I would say it's a middle. Let me, let me double check. Because we... It doesn't make sense for that movie to be an indie because I don't think I think it's too. It is playing at the Midtown Art Cinema, <laughs> and that is the art theater. But that theater also plays uh, not middle. Yeah, it's from Fox Searchlight, so it is a middle. It's a uh, ugh, ooh Jesus, I don't know. It's got Adam Brody in it. I don't know. That's kind of hard and some air weaving. Oh my gosh, ooh, I don't know if this is a middle or not. What's the budget? Six million. It's an indie. Okay. <laughs> So let's take Ready or Not on my right hand, on one hand, and then we'll take uh, It Chapter 2 on the left hand. It is going to be, it's going to make gangbusters. Ready or Not is, uh, it's already, it's already broke even. It's actually, it's, I think it's tripled, it's tripled its value. (laughs) And that's great. But then you have a movie like Tag or Game Night. Two of the best comedies of the past five years, probably because of the only two comedies that's come out in the last five years. And they both came out within uh, a month of each other, I think. Stop. Google, stop. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. I saw the Google Home on my desk light up. Uh, it might have heard me say, okay, and then some form of Google after that. Any hoosers. The middle is... is I've, I've been trying to define this for so long. I got a dalliance. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Uh, let's see. So anyway, the middle is uh, something like tag or game night, uh, where it's not expected to do well or, or, you know, it's not expected to be the best, but they also didn't drop a lot of money on it. So it's not going to be a franchise or anything. Yeah, that's the middle. That's it. That's what the middle is. Boom. I win. Here's from the article. Since the Walt Disney Company began the modern-day charge with its acquisitions of Pixar, Marvel, Lucasfilm, and most of Fox, the notion that bigger is better has replaced the once-fashionable conceit that small is beautiful, articulated in the best-selling 1973 book of that name by economist E.F. Schumacher. Even today, Schumacher wrote, we are generally told that gigantic organizations... All right, let's skip past this. Okay. He basically talks about gigantism. Now, gigantism is penetrating mid-sized companies and massive ones alike. Organizations with only a few hundred staffers as well as mega corporations with thousands. This summer alone, Hasbro snapped up Indie Studio Entertainment One for $4 billion. CBS and Viacom finally agreed to combine, again, to form an entity uh, valued at $31 billion. And United Talent Agency tried but failed to acquire rival paradigm talent agency middle ground is receding giving way to two extremes the very large and the very small and what you don't want and this this goes back to my fight against disney (laughs) disney uh please hire me i will accept any job you give me (laughs) but this goes to again again to my 
my battle against uh, Disney merging with Fox and having access to all to to searchlight pictures to 20th century to the TV stuff to everything that Fox Broadcasting did not keep. You don't want you don't you don't want that. You don't want them. Uh, just making not every movie is going to be a, has to be a tentpole, and that's what they're trying to do. Uh, I just I watched Mortal Engines a couple of weeks ago, and that's a Peter Jackson flick. I think it was a Fox movie too. Not it was a big flashy movie, and I guarantee it was it's supposed to set up a, a dozen other films, but it didn't because it wasn't uh, accepted, and it's not you know entirely amazing or good. Uh, okay, do 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 do. Uh, okay. There are, so among some of the reasons that the reason why the reasons why there are, uh, c- big companies combining forces in addition to obvious cost savings, uh, and human resources, accounting field offices, and so on, are the ability to combine complementary divisions, providing a one-stop shop for clients and the opportunity to strengthen global offices, especially when day to and date oper- openings. <laughs> around the world make it imperative to have multiple people in multiple places. You need boots on the ground, says one of the people. Macroeconomic factors are also at play in the current state of mid-level mergers. Among them, the lower corporate tax rates ushered in the uh, with the December 2017 passage of the Tax Cut and Jobs Act uh, and a flood of private equity cash that's entered the market. People are looking for alternative investments at a time when interest rates are low. I don't know what the heck this has to do with the, uh, I don't know what this has to do with the, uh, the, their uh, movies there or anything. Mergers and acquisitions throughout America have been heading upwards since 1985. Oh my God, this is, stop talking about movies. <laughs> anyway, you don't want mergers to happen. You don't, you know, I mean, they can happen, but uh, they're going to be taken away from both the, from both the medium-sized guy and the smaller guy, but mostly the medium-sized guy who can't afford to stay afloat. That's the middle. <laughs> who can't afford to stay afloat in a world full of big guys. Uh, small ones. Let's look at Annapurna. Annapurna Pictures that I, think, that I talked about last week is, a, is an indie outlet. Uh, or Plan B. Plan B Pictures, yes, by Brad Pitt, which is the subject of this week's news time, or one of the subjects. Uh, by Brad Pitt, Jennifer Aniston, Brad Gray, and some other people. Uh, it's they're not even though they're producing great work. Annapurna is putting out Moonlight, If Beale Street Could Talk, and uh, Kick Ass, and so many other great movies, great small movies. But just because they're doing that, uh, they're getting the award recognition. It doesn't exactly translate to dollars. Now Annapurna this week, I think just two days ago, pulled uh, managed to get. 200 more dollars in funding. So they're going to be operating for, you know, a little longer. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we have something like movie pass, which failed because it was getting too big. It wasn't able to sustain itself. Whereas Annapurna was able to, Annapurna was able to get another line of credit. Movie pass wasn't movie pass exhausted everything. And the writing was on the wall since day one. So we have small outlets uh, like Annapurna going against Disney. And then uh, we have small channels, IFC, going against uh, <laughs> ABC. <laughs> well, IFC is owned by AMC, so, you know, whatever. I guess it doesn't really translate to television. But you get the gist. 
The gist is there. The gist. If you got the gist, you must quit. <clears throat> uh, yeah. There you have it. That's uh, that's the constitutionals. Boy, oh boy, this it chapter two is gonna be something. The director said he wants to do a uh, a big old mega feature, put both the it's together, and then also shoot some extra scenes. And so it's gonna be like a f- six hour affair instead of two two hour movies or something like that. That's cool. I think that's really cool. I also saw an article today that said Midsummer which was the indie horror hit of the summer, um, psychological horror hit of the summer that was already like two hours long. It's going to, there's a four hour cut, three hour or four hour. Some, I think it's like a three hour cut that's coming to theaters. I think it's already at theaters, but it's going to be an Apple TV exclusive when it releases on, uh, digital. Which sucks. I don't think we, I thought we've gotten past that. I thought we've gotten past this whole exclusive ordeal. I should be able to buy a movie on Vudu and it should live on iTunes and it should live or whatever iTunes, Apple movies, wherever the heck that's turning it to. It should live on Google Play. It should live on, uh, oh, Amazon. (laughs) The four main ones. That's what it should live on. It's not, it's unfair. It should live on, it's movies anywhere. I should be able to, to watch it. But can't. I'm never going to be able to see that unless I go to the theater. And I'm not going to be able to because I got to go to a wedding this weekend and I got to work. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> I think we're done. Oh, also, uh, Brad Pitt let it go that uh, Quentin Tarantino wants to do another uh, miniseries out of uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Now, if you look on Netflix, the uh, Hateful Eight was turned into a four-hour miniseries. So he wants to do that with uh, the cutting room floor version of uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is a fine film that I like. These things shouldn't be exclusive. Midsummer should be available everywhere. everywhere. The Hateful Eight extended should be available everywhere, but it's, it's not. And I'm just mad. Anyway, I should get off this ready or not Wikipedia page because I don't want to be spoiled. Listen, if you like what you heard here, head on over to the website, SeabullsCounty.com, where we've got a new interview going up, I believe, tomorrow. or the time. By the time you're listening to this, it should be up. It's comedian Jeff Dye. I've spoken to him before. This is the second time I've spoken to him. It's actually the email interview, so I didn't speak to him this time. Jeff Dye is in a movie called The Last Messiah. I believe that's what it's called. I will not check. I will check because this is actually part of my job. Messiah. Oop, I spelled Messiah wrong. Oh my god. It's the thing that popped up at Google was the uh the last the last mass shooting. Jesus Christ almighty. Uh nope. It is not called The Last Messiah. <laughs> it's a good thing that I looked it up. Jeff Dye, comedian. Uh, let's take a uh, let's go to his Wikipedia page. Let's scroll down. It is not there. Let's go to his IMDb page. I promise I will hang up at the end of this. <laughs> this is embarrassing. It is called Half New Year, where he plays the Messiah. So I was half right. 
Half New Year. It's a movie. I've only seen the trailer. I have not had a chance. I do have the screener. I should watch it. I have not had a chance to. Uh, but he plays a drug dealer who might have a little bit of magic. So definitely check it out. I asked him some questions about that, and as well as Better Late Than Never. That's my Reverend Lovejoy. It's not good. And then you can also head, if you want to see a video version of this podcast, head on over to the website, youtube.com slash C plus comedy. And you can see just me and my pretty, pretty uh, GoPro face. <laughs> it's all right. It's fine. And then what else? What else? What else? Oh, also on youtube.com slash C plus comedy is news time. I already gave you a hint as to what this week's episode is about. It's a weekly news show. Uh, investigative news show, I guess that's what you would call it. And uh, I take a look at one topic in the entertainment community. This week's episode is celebrity-owned businesses that aren't um, involved with their acting. Check it out. And that's it. Oh, uh, the podcast. Listen to it. Subscribe to it. Tell your friends. Rate it on iTunes because apparently that's how things get done now. Rate it on iTunes. Give me some reviews. And that's it. Okay. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) 